0: Hi, everybody. How you guys doing? Happy New Year. <laughs> if you're a guest with us today, you're probably like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm leaving, if you can't figure it out. Uh, <laughs> so this is it. This is my last weekend. This is my last day. This is my last few hours at River Link. It's literally after service. We, we get in our vehicles and we head off to Pittsburgh. Uh, but I'm so excited and thankful for you guys that you took time out today to get up after maybe a long night. Who knows? Uh, to spend some time together as a church. And just gather together one more time for my family and I to hang out with you guys, to share with you uh, before we leave. Uh, we, are, we are. We're all packed up. Uh, my little brother Austin literally took the moving truck this morning, and he is on his way to Pittsburgh right now. He left early. Uh, you know, a house is empty. My office is empty, uh, which is crazy. Where I had countless meetings and wrote talks and dreamed and planned about ministry stuff. That's empty. Uh, we've already had a number of goodbyes with people that mean a whole lot to us. Uh, And we're going to do that some more after service, and it's going to be, you know, just a great time, obviously, right? Um, But yeah, after service, we will head out towards Pittsburgh uh, to go to our new home, uh, start a new church. And uh, we'll actually be moving in tomorrow. We're staying in a hotel tonight because nine and a half hours in the car with three little kids is psychological and emotional suicide. So we're going to get a hotel tonight, and we'll get into Pittsburgh tomorrow. We'll move into our condo that we're renting, and uh, we were uh, to get in, unpack, and we'll be done by 5 o'clock because there is a Rose Bowl game to watch tomorrow, uh, because Penn State beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game. So come on, I I need to get one more in. One more. Here we go. One more. One more. All right, but before I leave, one more time to share with you guys, and I'm so thankful to do that. And To be honest, this talk was not easy. That's right. It's like one of those things where I I had like a million things to say, but I had no idea how to put them in any sort of cohesive order uh, to share with you guys uh, this morning. And so it's like, how do you say goodbye after eight years uh, of a relationship with you guys in this church? Uh, so I'm going to do my best and we're going to see uh, what's going to happen. And so my goal today is simply this, is to simply say thank you and hopefully encourage you as we move forward to this new year and this new transition uh, with our lives together. And so uh, and what's kind of interesting is if we look at this new year, change is kind of the theme of a new year, isn't it? Every year we kind of take this time to reflect On the past year, we look at whether it was a good year or a bad year. We still like to reflect, and it's good for us to reflect. And I've been doing a lot of reflecting uh, lately, Uh, not just on this past year, uh, but actually the past eight years. because That's how long since I've applied for the role here at Reverend Glenn until now. It's been eight years of this relationship. And the best way I could possibly sum uh, this time up, these eight years, is simply this. It's thank you. Uh, Sincerely, thank you. Uh, for the blessing that you are as, as, as to my family, uh, for the blessing that I had to be a part of this church family with you guys. Uh, you guys mean a whole lot to uh, Danielle, my wife, and my sons, Noah, Drew, and Kobe, and myself. Um, thank you so much. And I actually want to echo something that Paul actually wrote in one of his letters. Uh, you see, Paul was this guy who hated the church. Uh, didn't like Jesus, wanted nothing to do with it, and then he was just changed and transformed by Jesus. And Paul spent his entire life teaching Jesus and planting new churches. And Paul was really close with this church in Philippi. And so these, the Philippians um, meant a whole lot to him. They were very near and dear to his heart. And honestly, I feel the same way about you guys. And this is what Paul says in his letter that I want to echo. He says in Philippians 1, 3 through 5, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all, uh, for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And so Paul is, thanking his, is thankful for his partnership with the church in Philippians. And he makes that very clear to them. And so let me make that clear to you this morning. Thank you. I thank my God for you. I thank you every time I think. I'm thankful every time I think about you guys. I'm thankful for Ben and the elders for giving me this job uh, straight out of college. Uh, you know, some of you guys know this story, but some of you don't. But it was my senior year at Kentucky Christian University, fall semester. I was going to graduate in May. And Danielle and I were just married, uh, married for a few months. And our desire was for me to find a job in youth ministry, and we'd go wherever God was taking us there. And so I started looking for jobs, and I couldn't find anything that I felt would be a good fit for me or a good fit for the church of me going into that church. So I looked at hundreds of job openings all around the country, and just, I wasn't finding anything that I felt like it was going to fit. And I remember getting really frustrated about the process, and I sat down in class, and I was talking to my professor about it. And he goes, well, what are you looking for? I said, a job. That's all I want. And uh, he's like, no, specifically, what type of job do you want? What type of church do you want? Where do you want this church to be? What do you really want out of a job in this. So I thought about that because I never really thought about that detailed. I said, you know, I want to go to a church that is passionate and driven to help reach and find people who are far from God and help them follow Jesus. And I want to be a part of the church uh, that is passionate and they invest in their youth ministry and don't just brush them off like they're just a sidebar. They actually view them uh, with importance and value uh, to the kingdom and their place in the church. I want to be a part of a church that's about that. I want to be a part of a church uh, that I don't have to drive 30 minutes to go on a date with my wife because that's what it was like living in Kentucky where we were at. I wanted to be closer to some, you know, some stuff to do. Uh, And I wanted to just be a part of a church that I felt would be a good fit for Danielle and I and our future family uh, together. He said, that's great. Have you prayed about that? I said, no. You know, it sounds like the the pastor, you know, not praying about what he's looking for. Uh, And so we actually took time to pray. And we prayed about that specifically, I'm looking for these things. God, this is in your will. Make that happen. Make it available. Make it evident to him. And so I kid you not, we end class. I walk back up to my apartment, and I get online and look for jobs, and I find River Glen that very afternoon. And I had looked at, I must have passed River Glen's uh, opening for a job multiple times throughout my search. I just wasn't seeing it because I wasn't really praying about what I needed and what I was looking for. And there was River Glen. And so I I started exploring River Glen. I listened to some talks. I I felt like their mission, what you guys are all about, making more and better followers of Jesus, really connected with what I wanted to do in ministry and church and youth ministry. And I was really excited about it. And so I couldn't wait for Danielle to get home to tell her about this potential opportunity. Uh, But the thing was, Danielle had one request about where we were moving. She wanted to move somewhere warm. So she got home, and I said, hey, I found this really cool church that I think I should apply to and, and it's really cool. She said, great. And I said, hey, it's, it's, it's south of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and she just looked at me, seriously. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And so, uh, but she explored the church with me. And, you know, to her credit, she, you know, can say, hey, go for it. Let's see what happens with this. And so I apply. And I have a phone interview with Ben Davis, our lead pastor, and Steve Widmer. Uh, my mentor is sitting right over here, and uh, it went really well. And they're like, hey, we am going to bring you up. So they bring Danielle and I up for a, a couple of days of like uh, face-to-face interviews to make sure I wasn't some sort of weirdo or anything like that. Um, and we, it just went great. And before we left that weekend, we had a job offer, and we took some time to pray about it. And a couple weeks later, we accepted it. And before Christmas that year, I had a job here waiting for me at River Glen when I graduated that following uh, May. And it was crazy because I applied for one job. I got one interview, and that job was River Glen. And it's been an amazing journey over these eight years. And so Ben, Steve, the elders, thank you for taking a chance on me. A fresh kid out of college who really didn't know what he was doing, uh, but you took a chance and you let me kind of mess up and uh, do my thing, and I appreciate you just having that faith in me and giving me this great opportunity to do ministry here at Riverland for eight years. I'm also thankful for the work that we got to do, uh, that I got to be a part of in these eight years. Uh, we got to do a bunch of really cool things. I'm so blown away that I got to call I, I get to call this my job. Uh, it's crazy to me. I'm thankful for all the leaders and volunteers that I have worked with uh, over the years. Uh, like Paul said, uh, you have been my partners in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. So thank you for being my partners in that. And during my time here, we have to do so many things to help make more and better followers of Jesus continue to become a reality. And there is no greater responsibility in the world than what we get to do together as a church and making that mission to continue to be a reality. We get to help others know and follow Jesus as we know and follow Jesus. That's so awesome. I think of one of the craziest moments uh, in, in my time here. was actually years back. I think it was in 2010. Uh, we call this the weekend of 109. Uh, what happened was we were ha- having some baptisms that weekend, and Ben was just teaching about baptism. And he was going to just open it up to anybody. If you felt like it was time for you to make that decision to follow Jesus in the baptism, you can just do that right then and there. We had clothes, towels, everything for people. at the end of the weekend, we had like 20 people signed up. And I thought, man, it would be so cool if like maybe 10 more people just took that step to get baptized. Like 30 people getting baptized? That would be amazing. And so what happened, though, is Ben makes an invitation, but 30 people didn't get baptized. 109 people did. It was mind-blowing. If you, actually, if you were part of the 109, raise your hand real quick if you're here. Oh, yeah, there's, there's a few of you here. Awesome. It's so crazy to me, like, seeing you guys and seeing how most of you now are involved with ministry and serving and doing all these crazy things, and we can look back at that moment and go, man, God really moved there. And, but what I, what I remember is that 109 people, that's a lot of people to baptize. And so what happened is Ben would get in there, and he jumped in. We were was when we were in our old auditorium, the FLC. And Ben would get in, and he started baptizing people. But the problem is... Ben's kind of getting up there in age. <laughs> he's not as uh, young and, and, and just spry as he used to be. And so he'd start wearing down. You know, That motion was just going to get into him. So I'd see him, like, you know, in the shoulder, and his, he, we'd call him the bullpen, okay? So they would call kind of the next in command for baptism which is John the Baptizer, John Howard. Uh, so John, he does a lot of our bap- baptisms, but John, the problem with John is he's a cyclist, okay? So strong legs, puny arms. So. <laughs> He'd get in there, and like three people into it, he's done. Like, it's just, I got nothing left, man. He's like, you give me a bike, if I can bike, I'll bike everyone to baptism, but not in this situation. So... That's when like all right. Let's call the young kid in from the bullpen. Bring in the righty. Uh, and so here I come. I get to jump in. I get to be a part of these baptisms, and it was awesome. So I get to baptize uh, a bunch of people. Baptize some students. Uh, I, you know, it, it was just a really, really cool moment. And so we're part of this ba- amazing weekend. And what was amazing is like service was going like 20 minutes over, uh, like it is today. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, uh, like 20 minutes over. No one's leaving. Like no one's even daring leaving this amazing moment. People are singing, celebrating, cheering. It was just awesome and uh, so i get to baptize people and it's the ten thirty service and we're winding down it's like going on 11 o'clock that day and i get word that there's one more person to come get baptized she's in the bathroom getting changed ready to go i'm like that's cool i'll wait in the little jacuzzi area in there it's warm it's comfy uh, while everyone's singing but then i made a mistake i looked at the water now that water started off very clear that morning when i looked down it was dark gray It was so gross. And people were wearing jeans and the dye would just wear off. But then there was like hair floating around. There was, (laughs) I'm not kidding. There's particles of God knows what that was in there. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is horrible. And she comes up and I'm thinking, you don't want to get in here, lady. This is going to be bad. But she jumps in, doesn't care. We baptized her. She was number 109. And it was just this crazy moment. uh, And it was disgusting. (laughs) But but I'm okay with that. Because it was a reminder for me that ministry is messy. And the reason we do what we do is we have, we have to remember we have to get messy to make more and better to continue to happen. We have to get into the mess of other people's lives to help them know that God loves them so much that he sent Jesus to come and rescue them. And so we need to get messy. And so thank you for getting messy with me over these last eight years. To the leaders that served in youth ministry with me, thank you for giving up your Sundays and Wednesday nights to get into the mess of teenagers' lives, to the ones who gave up vacation time to come and lead missions trips with me, to the ones who would help lead amps and go conferences, winter camps, and all these other things who would give up time, give up sleep, give up time, you know, whatever it may be, you gave up so much to get messy in youth ministry, and I thank you for that. To you small group leaders who I've worked with for years, thank you so much for giving up your time, opening up your homes, to be in community with one another, to help each other become a better follower of Jesus. Thank you. To the Kid Life volunteers who play games, do crafts, teach lessons, and love kids, including my three crazy kids, thank you for loving them like Jesus loves them. To the musicians who devote themselves to hours of practice and being here early and making sure weekends take place, uh, thank you. For that, all of you. It was humbling to see a bunch of you on stage today, or from some of my former students, and uh, it was pretty amazing to see. So, thank you for that. The people who make coffee and cut donuts and serve in the cafe and greet people and pass communion and collect offering and serve in our community, thank you for being Jesus. Thank you for helping make more and better be a reality here through River Glen. And every staff member that I've worked with over these past seven and a half, eight years, thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of this staff together. I loved coming into the office every day with you all, as we dreamed, as we planned, as we prayed, as we did everything we could to honor God with the ministry he gave us at River Glen. So thank you to the staff. And to you students, I'm not looking at you in the front row, just so you know. (laughs) I came up here for you. I didn't know you yet, but I came up here to do youth ministry. And I know you've told me of how much my wife and the volunteers have made an impact on you. Thank you for the impact you've made on me. It is mind blowing the change that you've caused in my life to help me follow Jesus better, tell me to be a better person, and tell me to be a better pastor. Thank you for getting into the mess of my life as you invited me into the mess of your life so that we can love each other like Jesus calls us to and to follow Him like He's called us to as well. So, thank you, students. I love you guys dearly. So thank you for getting messy with me. Thank you, River Glen. My family is so thankful for you, and that will never change. And as we leave, I know that God is going to continue his work in River Glen. He's going to continue to work on you, in you, and through you to do great things. And I cannot wait to see that, how that plays out. Paul says this in that letter to Philippians. He says, uh, Philippians 1.6 says, And I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. This is the focus of of our unfinished initiative we just did a couple of months ago. That God is not done with us and he's not done with us as individuals. He's not done with us as a church yet. He's still working in us to do great things in us and through us. And we spent over a month diving into this truth. And it was amazing to see you guys step forward as a church to say, hey, we're not finished yet, and God's still calling us to do great things. And so you make commitments to make those great things happen, like setting my family and I off to plant this church. It is extremely humbling, and I go, no, God's going to continue to do great things through uh, you guys. It started 20 years ago when Ben decide, you know, said that uh, and decided to, to trust God in the coming to plant this church. And he's been doing great things for, over, for almost 20 years now in this church with Ben and through all of you guys, and he's going to continue to do that. God is going to continue working in each and every one of you from this day forward like he's been in the past. He's going to continue to make you more and more like his son Jesus. He's going to continue to call you and teach you and mold you to live like Jesus lived. He's going to continue to call you and teach you and mold you to love like Jesus loves. He's going to call you and teach you and mold you to lead like Jesus leads. He's going to work in you. He's also going to work through you. You have a role to play as a part of River Glen and God's kingdom to make more and better uh, continue to happen, to point people to Jesus, to help them follow him. And you show this to Him to them by the love and grace that Jesus gives you. You see, more and better happens through people making themselves available for the, God, for the work that God wants to do in them and through them. And that's what he's been doing in River Glen for a long time. So I want to encourage you as we make this transition as we start this new year and go on our separate paths to make yourself available for the work that God wants to do in you and through you. You see, we tend to look at the new year as this chance to hit the restart button, kind of a reset and and start things over. Maybe the past year or years hasn't been that great. Maybe it was pretty good. But we still look at this new year as a fresh chance to do something different, to be different. We hear it even in the ads. It's, It's a new year and it's a new you. But maybe the goal isn't a new you. Maybe God's wanting something different. Maybe instead of a new you, maybe instead of a restart, what God's looking for is more of a recalibration. You see, what if what God wants from you this year is the same thing he wanted from you in 2016, in 2015, 2014, and so on and so forth? What if what God wants from you is simply you? What if this guy wants you to make yourself available for the work that he wants to do in your life and see how that transforms you? So I think what you need to do this year is to make yourself available for God to see what he does. And it starts with that relationship with God. It starts with celebrating that relationship with God. So here's the thing. God knows everything there is to know about you. He knows your likes, your dislikes. He knows uh, your, your, your bad times, your good times. He knows your thoughts. He knows your actions. He knows everything. He knows the number of hair on your heads, whether it's a lot or a little, like Andy. He knows, uh, so he knows everything there is about you. But here's the thing. He knows everything there is to know about you, and he still loves you so much that he sent his son to rescue you. He loves you with everything that he has. And he knows you, every piece of you. And he wants you to know him as well. That's why he sent Jesus, so that we can know him intimately. But what happens is we don't deem knowing God as as something important. And so we don't make time for it. And so I want to say, see what happens when you make yourself available to God by spending time with him to get to know him. For that to happen, you need to make space in your life for that to take place. I want to challenge you to have a time every day to get to know God through prayer and through reading the Bible. If you don't have this app on your phone, download it right now. It's called the YouVersion Bible app. It's amazing. Or you can go to bible.com if you don't have a, a smartphone. And go and pick a, a, pick a reading plan. There's thousands to choose from. Pick one that fits you. Make a daily reminder and spend time each day getting to know this God who loves you so much and see how that transforms you. Spend time with him personally. But also keep committing the gathering together On weekends at River Glen. You see, following Jesus is more about a relationship than it is religious practices. So sometimes we can get in our head like, I don't need to go to church because that's just religion. God still loves me for who I am. That's true. That's absolutely true. God's not sitting up in heaven going, oh, they went to church this week but missed the last two weeks. That's not good. No. God is not judging you on that. But what he knows and what he's designed us to do is we follow Jesus better together. And so we gather here together on weekends to uh, be reminded of who Jesus is and how he's gathered us together as a church, as a family. So we need to stay committed to gathering together as a church on Sundays or Saturdays. We need to do that together. So keep committing to do that. Keep making this a part of a rhythm in your life to come and gather, to celebrate that relationship with God as a church family. So celebrate. Because if you look around this room right now, all of us have come in here with our own backgrounds, our own baggage, our own beliefs, our own behaviors. And there are some of here whom life is going really well. There's some of you in here where life is not going well at all. Uh, But there's one thing uh, that unites us all, no matter who we are, Jesus. No matter our backgrounds, no matter our beliefs, no matter our baggage, no matter how the year's going, Jesus unites us all. And that's what makes us all on equal ground here together, no matter where we're at in life, is Jesus. So let's celebrate that together on Sundays. I'm going to do that in Pittsburgh. You guys do that here in Waukesha. So keep celebrating that relationship with God. But also don't forget how much you need other people and how important it is to connect with each other. We were never designed to go through life by ourselves, and we can't follow Jesus by ourselves. See, our relationship with God is is very clear. It's very personal. Your relationship with God is very personal. But it shouldn't be private. Our relationship with God should be something we share with each other. To encourage each other. To challenge each other. To love each other. And so we can't be following Jesus on our own. We have to be connecting with other people. And that's why small groups are so important here at Riverland and really every church across this world is connecting with people to follow Jesus together. So I want to encourage you to make space to do that this year if you've never done so. There'll be a bunch of information that's coming out soon, and Sue Valk and John Howard, they're going to do a great job of leading group life. You can trust them. They're going to do an amazing job. I can't wait to see how they just knock it out of the park. But make space to jump into a group to see how when we follow Jesus together, it really is better. And finally, don't miss out on what God wants to do through you as well. He wants to do stuff in you, but he wants to do stuff through you as well. God wants to continue his work in you by having you join in this mission to make more and better followers of Jesus. And if you really want to see God working in and through your life, join his mission to make more and better followers of Jesus at River Glen. On a church level, join a team. Jump in with student ministry or kid life, lead a small group, play an instrument, serve communion, however you need to do that. Make drinks at the cafe, join a team that helps make River Glen, River Glen. It helps make us the church that God has called us to be. Every weekend it takes tons of people and every Wednesday night and Sunday morning, all these small groups to meet throughout the week. It takes a lot of people to make that happen and I want to invite you to join in that and see how God transforms you in that. To be more and more like his son Jesus. That's on a church level. On an individual level, think about the people in your life who don't know Jesus. We all have them. They're our neighbors, our coworkers, our family, our friends, our kids, our parents, whoever. Think about them and think about how God has placed you in their lives. And how you have been called to be an example of Jesus' love and grace to them. How you are an opportunity to shine in a very dark place. How you have a chance to point people to Jesus because of the hope that you have in your life. Think about the people that you have in your life. And see how God's inviting you to join him on mission, to loving them like he's calling you to and how he loves them. At the end of the day, that's why we exist as a church. It's for others. It's for others to know and follow Jesus. And so even though things are changing... The mission staying the same. To live our lives in a way that reflects who God is through his son Jesus. And for us to make more and better followers of Jesus. Paul writes in verses 9 and 11, he says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more. And that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters. So that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. Paul reminded the Philippians of what's most important, that is to live out what Jesus has done for us and through us. We are to bring God glory with the lives that we live. So let me remind you as well. The most important thing in your life is not your family, it's not your job, it's not your health, It's not your 401k, it's not your boat, it's not your place up north. It's not whether or not the Packers win tonight, or the Steelers, I can admit that too. (laughs) The most important thing in your life is Jesus, and what he's done for you, by giving his life for you, to truly give you life. You see, all those other things are great, but they'll never fulfill like Jesus can So remember, no matter what things you chase in life, there's nothing greater than Jesus. Live that. Reflect it. Show others the hope that you have because of Jesus. There's nothing greater than that. You see, when Danielle, the boys, and I head off to Pittsburgh today, we're not leaving because we don't want to be a part of Riverland anymore. It's actually the opposite. We're leaving because we want to continue to be a part of what River Glen is doing. You see, River Glen, one of my favorite things about River Glen, what sold me on being a part of this church when Ben shared the vision, is River Glen's never been about itself. River Glen's focus has never been just about River Glen. It's about God's kingdom and joining in that. And so what's amazing is that I feel incredibly blessed to know that today it's not us leaving. It's you sending, and you're sending Danielle, myself, and our three amazing boys to go on this journey to Pittsburgh to plant this new church, and so more people will know Jesus, and more people will follow Jesus, and you are making that happen. You see, as we leave here today, we are just an extension of the mission of River Glen and what you guys have been doing through what God's called you to do, and I'm so thankful for that. So even though change is happening, the mission's the same. We are working to impact lives for eternity. We want to change lives now and forever in the name of Jesus Christ. River glenn has been doing that for almost 20 years. I'm going to start doing that in Pittsburgh this year. So you see, we're still on the same team. Let's keep that in perspective. And trust me when I tell you, it is not easy to leave here today. Dan, and I love you dearly. This is the place where we really started growing as a married couple. Uh, where we started figuring out what it means to live our lives together and start a family, it will always be the place where our three amazing boys were born. This is the place where they were born, and Noah, and they they still have fond memories here. It's going to be really weird not to be here next weekend. To see you guys, to see my crazy kids running around, and people wondering, whose crazy kid is that? Oh, that's that pastor's kid. I'm going to miss hanging out in the office each day with you staff mainly because I don't have an office anymore. Uh, It's called my spare bedroom or Starbucks. But I'm going to miss you all so much. But we are going because we believe that God is calling us there. And he's going to use us to help more people know and follow Jesus. Just like God is using you at River Glen to do the same. So I'm thankful for the past eight years that we've had together. I am so hopeful for the present for all of us in this room. And I can't wait for the future we get to spend an eternity in heaven together. It's going to be great. So, uh, uh, same part yesterday. Here we go. So know this. Whether I see you this side of heaven or not, again, know that I will see you again. (laughs) And I thank my God for you. I thank you for being my partners in ministry. And I I am thankful for the future that we share together. And know that we are doing this because of Jesus. And that even though we'll be in Pittsburgh and you'll be here in Waukesha, we will always be united because of Jesus. And I am thankful for that. So here's how I want to end together today. I want to end by remembering Jesus. And I want to end by taking communion together as a family one time, one more time. And so the ushers is going to pass communion, and I want you to hold on to it, and I'll come back up, and I want to take communion together with you, because it's through Jesus' death and resurrection that we've been united together. It's through Jesus that we even came here to Wisconsin to get to know you guys and love you guys as much as we do. It's through Jesus now that you're sending us off to plant this new church. So I want to th- thank and celebrate Jesus together through communion one more time. Is that cool with you guys? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much, God, for this amazing group of people, this amazing church. God, you have blessed my family and I so much, and you've done so through your son, Jesus. God, he's the one who unites us all. He's the one who came to rescue us all. So help us to live that out and reflect it and help us to remember that's the most important thing that we can do in life. And it's your name we pray.